hoy hoy. Welcome back to the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Tyson Ferris. I'm Jeremy Sternhagen. And we are from The Real Jaws Minute. Where we talk about Jaws one minute at a time. Yes, we do. And right now we're in season two, uh, talking about other Jawses and... Jaws sequels? sequels. Jaws ripoffs. Yeah. So, um, that's where we're from, and uh, we are talking about North by Northwest, Minute 25. Minute 25 starts with a whole book of bourbon, and it ends with a detective explaining Roger's story to not Mrs. Townsend. Mm Mm-hmm. So yesterday we talked about how this whole scene is preposterous. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's fun. It is fun, and uh, Mother just steals every part of it. Roger's mother. Yeah. Yes. The thing that gets me that uh, we already talked about the other day is just how all the play acting going on, Uh, which is funny because in uh, earlier in the movie, Roger um, 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 James Mason accuses Roger of expert play acting uh-huh. and making this very room a theater. Yeah. Which he wasn't. He was being real. He was being absolutely real. And now. And now they're making it a whole theater. Yes. There's expert play acting. So I do, I do like that. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. So everyone here is loving mother, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, except for Roger. Yes. Yeah. yeah Jesse uh, Royce Landis bribed Alfred Hitchcock for this scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? We I meant to talk about her in minute twenty-three. Well, uh, talk about her now. Okay, Jesse Royce Landis, who plays Roger's mother, uh, is in fact born in eighteen ninety-six, even though she claimed through most of her career to be born in uh, nineteen oh four or something. Basically, putting her at the same age as a uh, as a uh, well, nineteen oh four would be Cary Grant's right. Age. But she was in fact born in eighteen ninety-six. She is also a bit part in To Catch a Thief. She does, yes. Yes. Yeah. And incidentally, she was in a movie called The Swan in which she played Grace Kelly's mother, who went on to star opposite of Cary Grant in To Catch a Thief. And also, uh, 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 Princess Grace was supposed to be um, in this movie if Hitchcock got his way. You know? But she was Princess of Monaco by this point and could not be torn away. Yeah. Um... I got to tell you, I got a soft spot for Grace Kelly and uh, no offense to Ava Marie Saint, but boy, I'm just going to say, I would have loved to see this. I want to see a version of this movie that has Grace Kelly in it. Also, Ava Marie Saint, uh, I'm stealing this from somebody else. Mm -hmm. I probably shouldn't even say, but Mm -hmm. I just, because I've been on the age thing. Yes. Later in the movie, she goes, that she says that she's 26 years old. Which I find believable. Okay. Guess how old she actually is. Um, probably her thirties. She's a thirty-four years old in this film. She looks thirty-four. She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. I mean, she doesn't. I. She. I think she pull. I think she pulls off twenty-six. When I heard that, when she said she was twenty-six, I believed that she was twenty-six. But yeah, I don't. Not, I don't not believe it. My problem is, is I've seen this 
movie so many times that but you know, when I first I guess, saw it, when I was I guess my point sorry I guess my point yeah. is is I I'd rather her be thirty four to Cary Grant's fifty five than to her be twenty six to his fifty five. Do you see what she I'm says saying? In the movie, she's twenty six. Yes. Why? What? Because Why everybody is too old for their roles in this movie. That's my point. That's a movie, not a movie trope, but speaking of like, that's like always a thing in movies, people playing younger, especially when it comes to high school. Obviously it's way easier to cast 24 year olds than it is to cast 17 year olds, but sure, it drives me crazy. Yeah. There are movies that don't do it and they, I think they're better for it. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Um, Anyway, we're we're completely off yeah. our minute. Um, I mean, Joyce uh, Jesse Royce Landis is uh, all of. We already covered this. She's not that much older than. She's the Sean Connery to uh, <laughs> Cary Grant's uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Uh, so is fake Mrs. Townsend a spy too? Like, what's her deal? Did they get this lady from like the local summer stock? If and- I'm the detectives, this is what unravels their whole ruse. I'm like, this lady is. Like I was buying it until now, and now I'm like, no, this Roger Thornhill guy's on the level. This is total BS, man. Oh, do you think so? <laughs> she's way too, she's over the top, man. But I just think that, like, in the place that this, the place they're at, this big sprawling mansion, mm-hmm. wouldn't this lady act like this? Maybe she. Yeah, I mean, she's 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 awful. And if okay, so here's what I mean. What I mean. <laughs> What I mean by that is, let's just say for a second, what she's saying is true. Let's just say in, the, in a different movie, this is true. She goes completely from, oh, Roger, are you okay, darling? Oh, my dear, to completely throwing him under the bus to the to the detectives. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he, we tried to talk him out of it. He, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, terrible. Yeah. Like, she she waffles on, like, what she's like, does she care about him? She watching out for him? Like, like, oh, we try. Oh, I love him so much. But yeah, like, lock him up. Yeah, maybe that is what you do when you love people. I guess. But yeah, but it also like, uh, yeah, it's even like, uh, oh, you're a little pink eyed, but aren't we all? <laughs> she's like, and you didn't miss a thing. It was a dreadful mm-hmm. party. I'm like, but if you're all pink eyed, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't doesn't that mean it was a great party? Her her dialogue <laughs> is like only like two degrees away from like, Oh, Roger, you were here last night drinking. Remember, remember how you were drinking? (laughs) Like it's so on the nose and so like literal like that. If I'm the detective, I'm just going, I just, "Hmm." I just don't think these cops care, care or are thinking about this at all. Anyway, So my next, this is like quite a ways in the minute. I just don't know what else to talk about. But um, uh, it's Lara's Mercedes. 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 <laughs> you didn't borrow Lara's Mercedes. Mercedes. She's like. <laughs> and then immediately the best part about that line is that Cary Grant immediately. He kind of does it back to her, right? Correct. Well, yeah, I feel like he corrects her. And he does it back like, no, I didn't buy her Mercedes. Yeah. Like, he yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. puts an emphasis on it. Yeah. But what is with that pronunciation? It is bonkers. Well, <laughs> you asked and I'm going to tell you. 
So as a watcher of Formula One in which Mercedes is a participant, uh, there is – so here's what I don't get. She's not British as far as I can tell. Yeah. But she is, you know, East Coast upper class. And there is a way on uh, that Brits pronounce Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Like we say Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brits kind of – skip over the R in Mercedes uh-huh. and it can come out sometimes as Mercedes or uh-huh. like almost like Mercedes or okay. Mercedes, but she doesn't do that. She yeah. goes Mercedes or something very weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like she just it's wants like to be she, so graceful with the line. Like she, it, 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 it like, it like, it like, like all the vowels like fall off of her tongue. Like, yeah. They just like, and she wasn't – she's not a big enough actor to go, oh, Mr. Hitchcock, can I get another take? I kind of fumbled on Mercedes. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, when I watch F1, I'm always used to them saying Mercedes. Yeah. Almost – I'm not saying that's what – it just sounds like Mercedes. Yeah. So forehead acting makes a comeback in this scene. With Cary Grant? Or, yeah. Yeah. When he yells Mercedes, like he's like, oh, my head. <laughs> oh. I must touch my head because it makes it feel better. I still don't totally get that. You just reminded me of <laughs> there's another movie completely unrelated to this where an actor in it. Are you talking about Days and Confused? Yes. <laughs> uh, How did I know? A movie I love, but uh, the main. Oh, there's a very young actor in that that unfortunately does one thing a little too many times. Wiley Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. Playing Mitch. Yeah. Uh, loves to pinch the bridge of his nose. Yeah. When, however, bear with me. It's true to his character. Yes. It's. It, I think it's probably an acting tick that he didn't know he was doing. He didn't know he was doing t- way too much. Way yeah. too much in the movie, yeah. but I think as his nerdy character... Uh, oh, it totally works. It works. It yeah. totally works. Anyway. I All love right. that movie, by the way. Love it, love it, love, love it. it. Love it, love it. Yeah. Is there a minute by minute on that movie? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, there's... Uh, you know, he does He does make up for that, though, in... Um, oh, it's the animated feature that Linklater did. Um, I know which one you're talking about. It's like the dream one where it's like, yep, all these different. God, yep. What's what the what's that called? Anyway, he 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 comes one with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it's got Keanu. It's got yeah. all kinds of people. I know it's Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Oh no no no! You're thinking of the one after that. Um, well, he made Scanner Darkly. No, I know, I know. It's the same style. Yeah, but uh, the the film we were I was trying to remember is uh, Waking Life. Ah, and uh, I haven't it's seen this it. kind of experimental animated thing by Richard Linklater, <laughs> and uh, he's very good in it. So I think I think there's nary a, a nose pinch to be seen <laughs> in, in that in that picture. So um, at a meeting, yeah. So o- overall, I think Cary Grant's acting is pretty great in this scene. Yeah. Like he's just kind of, uh, I I love these scenes where we know better, but nobody believes the hero. Yeah, I love it and I hate that. I love that and I hate that. Well, we're supposed to hate it. Yeah, I mean, but I I just love those scenes in movies where no one, no one believes the hero. Like they're just. 
I do and I don't. <laughs> I I have a general frustration with movies where we're like one sentence away from like if the whole movie's conceit is a misunderstanding. Like if you would just say this, this whole like it would solve everything. Mm-hmm. But if the whole movie depends on that plot point, I hate I I I get frustrated. That's yeah. like it's like lazy to me. Does that make sense? Do you think this is lazy here? Uh for the movie, no. But like we've already talked about for this scene, I think you can do this. I think the, there's two versions of this movie. There's the there's the, the this scene almost doesn't need to exist. Like we've already yeah, yeah. It doesn't need to. To move the story forward. I, I think if anything, this scene the scene doesn't help the yeah, I think uh, it, it only kind of hurts the movie. I think if you're Alfred Hitchcock and this went out for uh, um, um, preview audiences and it came back with the reviews as it's over long, like you, this is the. I'd have to go through the movie again, but I this movie would be, if not number one, near the top of the list of scenes to lose. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and like I said before, MGM wanted it um, under two hours, and I gotta say they were right. Studio, yeah. studio heads usually aren't, no. but, um, especially back in that era. No. Um, but uh, I, I think Hitch would have been uh, good yeah. to listen to him on that. In the moment, here's what I will say. In the moment, this scene is fine. It's not until you're 100%. an hour and 40 minutes into this movie that you're going like, is this movie not over yet? Yeah. It's only in hindsight that you're looking back going, how can we tighten up the front of this movie to get mm-hmm. to the conclusion and it's funny because this it gets off to the races so quickly right and that's kind of why this struggles this scene struggles and I, I just i don't get how a movie that starts so fast is this like a little breathe so room? long is this a little like let's catch your breath and let's i don't think so ready. that's the thing is it's not like we move into some hot scene right after this we go to the hotel scene mm-hmm. where the killer's Try to get them again. Yeah, and then where you have this whole, and then long you uh, talking to bellhops and yeah, yeah, it, that I'm okay with. I'll t- I'll keep that. It's fine. It's it's it's. But at this point in the movie, where our you want, hero, current, you know, figuring out what's going on. Yeah, you know, I think it's giving the audience a little room to be like to like feel like they're solving the puzzle. You know, you're letting the audience. I guess. Do the detective work like I've been doing, like questioning the detectives and what they're thinking. It's fun, but all that bites you in the butt an hour and a half into I, this I movie. Just when you're I just at your don't watch. know where, uh, I mean, to just, I keep asking, like, to what end mm-hmm. is this all being done? Yeah. To convict him of drunk driving? And then yeah. it's like, and then what does that get them? How does that help them with yeah. their microfilm smuggling? Yeah. I've been defending the scene, trying to figure out how to make it work, but ultimately my decision is the scene's got to go. And mm-hmm. I've already solved that puzzle. You just have the detective say, yeah, we checked out that address. We went out there. The house is empty. Yeah. I mean, you almost no just don't need it at yeah. all. Like, or we've called, you know, the gardener's there, Lester Townsend, Owns the house, but he doesn't live like what we find out later in the movie. It's like, yeah, this, only the this, gardener this, is tell, on. this tells us a whole bunch of stuff that we learn later. Yeah. Like, 
Well, and also it conf- like because Lester Townsend later says in the movie, like no one's on the grounds except for the gardener and his wife or whatever he says. Yeah. Here's that begs a question: Where are they? Where are they? Are th- is that them in cahoots with James yeah, Mason? Like, or I mean, that just like are they dead? Yeah. They, they clearly have no problem murdering Lester Townsend later. In the UN, by the way. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. I don't know. We're getting hey. minutes that aren't ours. Hey, speaking um, of which, uh, we looked up uh, this house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were joking earlier that this movie is mostly shot on location, but the, this house, Lester Townsend. Or mostly not shot on location. Mostly not shot on location. With but, a couple location shots every once in a while. Yeah. And then, yeah. The exterior of this house, which is obviously pretty impressive, uh, this house is in fact in Nassau County, New York, near Glencoe. This house is called Old Westbury Gardens. Not Glencove, Glencove. Glencove. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm saying it the way they say it in the movie. Yeah. My wife would punch me in the face right now because she's from there. <laughs> she's from Long Island. Uh, it's Old Westbury Gardens in, it's technically in Westbury in New York, but which is directly adjacent to Glencove. Uh, the house is the former estate of John Schaefer Phipps, who died just prior to this movie being made. But then the house became uh, a public publicly accessible park basically yeah you can go there now walk around the outside of it yeah and uh, uh per his will apparently yeah so um what a great guy yeah the interiors though i'm definitely uh sure are a los angeles soundstage but so yeah so here in uh, minute 25 i wanted to just say um do you think uh charade is a spiritual sequel to this film he i can tell you that cary grant is playing cary grant again and it feels like the same character. Well, since we've already ranked North by Northwest against other Hitchcock movies, I will rank Charade against this movie and tell you Charade is better. I think Charade's better than North by Northwest. Yes. And I love North by Northwest. I do too. I just, you know, hey, North by Northwest. The thing is, is North by Northwest. But here, 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 down a peg. here here's it's a great movie, but hey, here, everybody just. Cool your jets. Here's here's what I'll say. Charade is a better North by Northwest because it had North by Northwest to go off of. Yeah, uh, Stanley, the director, Stanley, Stanley Donnan. Donnan. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty. I think he's on record as saying like, I just wanted to one up Alfred Hitchcock, and he absolutely and he, does. And he did it. Yeah. Um, the worst thing if Charade had. Been directed like if that had the credit of directed by Alfred Hitchcock on it, it would be much. Its legacy in in the movie world would be much stronger than it is. One hundred percent. But because it's not directed by Alfred Hitchcock, it sort of gets relegated to just being considered a, a Cary Grant vehicle. But in reality, objectively reviewing it, ignoring who made it. It's a little better than North by Northwest. It, it's it's widely touted uh, amongst uh, modern critics as the best Hitchcock movie that Hitchcock didn't make. Yeah. You know what I would uh, say is the other is uh, Near Dark. The best Hitchcock movie that wasn't made by Hitchcock is Near Dark. Cool. Anyway. Uh, which Audrey Hepburn, Charade. Yep. Just 
putting that totally, together. totally, totally, totally. One last thing I want to throw out because I'm a movie nerd and I wouldn't be doing this podcast justice if I didn't talk about it. This movie was shot in Vista Vision. Yes. I, I just got to throw out a little uh, props for that. Alfred Hitchcock was very fond of this format and shot a few movies. I want to say uh, To Catch a Thief and Vertigo for sure were shot in the VistaVision format. But VistaVision, not an MGM process. No, Paramount. Uh, these movies are, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? North by Northwest is technically was shot as a Paramount property. It had just shifted to being MGM Due to home video rights, I believe. I don't know no, the whole no, no, story no. there. No, it was it was shot at the, this is the only. Oh no, you're right. It is MGM. I'm sorry. This is uh, a produced MGM picture, uh, but it was supposed to be a different picture. Vertigo was Paramount. I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, uh, but he was so uh, yeah. They wanted him to do I think Panavision for this movie. Yeah, possibly. I don't know that side of the story. Anyway, uh, but he really wanted Vista Vision. So well, I I can't fault him for it. So Vista Vision. But for, this is like only one of like two MGM movies that ever were shot in Vista yeah. Vision. So. I'm wondering if uh, whoever did minute one, two, three for this movie talked about Vista Vision, since that's the only time it gets mentioned on screen in the movie. Mm-hmm. But as a film nerd, uh, so Vista Vision is was Paramount's response to the growing uh, trend of widescreen movies that started in the mid fifties, but Paramount did not want to embrace the complicated widescreen process, which it was at the time. So they came up with a clever idea of taking regular boring 35 millimeter film that everybody was shooting on and flipping it on its side, which gave you basically uh the height of 35 millimeter film, but the width was whatever you want it to be. So they basically, it was nearly a 70 millimeter format because they shot with 35 as the height and and 60 plus millimeter as the width. Now they weren't as clever as that sounds. That's how film, that's how still cameras work. So when Mm -hmm. you shoot on 35 millimeter film, it runs through sideways. So they basically take an, took an idea that already existed. And just motorized it. And motorized it. Yeah. Right? And it's a fantastic format, and it looks great, and there's no complicated extra lenses involved. It doesn't give you these big panoramic, you know, two, three, five Cinerama aspect ratios, mm-hmm. but it's basically poor man's 70 millimeter or pre, it's proto IMAX. Because IMAX did the same thing. It ran the uh, film through the camera sideways. So I love this format. Every movie shot in VistaVision looks fantastic. And this film looks fantastic. Yes. And the reason it died out is because uh, no matter which way you slice it, when you're running more film through the camera to get better quality, it costs more. So it died because ultimately it was determined that Standard 35, as it evolved, like, well, this looks just as good as VistaVision. And they're not wrong. But anyway, yeah. uh, a brief golden age Hollywood moment was VistaVision. VistaVision was still heavily used into the 70s and 80s, uh, primarily for effect shots. So if you're, you know, Star Wars, if you're Phil Tippett and Richard Edlund, and you're shooting your Millennium Falcon effect shots, mm-hmm. the easiest thing to do 
instead of trying to figure out where you're going to get high quality 70 millimeter film is to just go like, oh, I'll just run 35 through the camera sideways. Yep. And you can get VistaVision. You literally can just take a 35 millimeter camera and shoot sideways. And well, and in, in, temp, in, in Temple of Doom, uh, that's um, how they shot all the minecart stuff. Mm-hmm. It was actually with a motorized uh, still camera. Effectively, not not exactly VistaVision, but it was VistaVision. Mm-hmm. Shooting 35 millimeter. If, if you're shooting 35 millimeter sideways, sideways. it's VistaVision. Yeah. Straight up. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, VistaVision, great format, short-lived. Yep. And uh, looks, this movie might be the best looking Vista Vision movie. This and White Christmas. Yeah. And well, I back up Vertigo. Yeah. Vertigo is the Vista Vision movie. Really is. All right. That's minute 25. Yeah. You want to take us out or you want me to? So you can find the Hitchcock Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and at HitchcockMinute.com. Social media is available at the man on Washington's nose. I almost said Lincoln's nose. (laughs) The man on Washington's nose on Facebook and on Twitter at the Hitchcock Minute. And there are over 100 other Movies by Minute podcasts, including the Real Jaws Minute. Yes. And you can find uh, find out about more of those at moviesbyminutes.com. And you should check out that site to find out all the other great Minute by Minute podcasts. Um, like the one that started it all, Star Wars Minute. Star Wars Minute, and uh, not a lot. not too far behind him, Indiana Jones Minute. Indiana Jones Minute. I'm a big fan of the Rocketeer Minute. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of the Thing Minute. Those are good. Yes, they're all great. Uh, so anyway, Rocketeer Minute, you get the actual Rocketeer in that. Billy one. Campbell yeah. is on that podcast, the Rocketeer. Yeah, very cool. So thanks for joining us this week, and you will hear me and Tyson again for minutes 26 through 30 next week on the Hitchcock Minute. That's right. And uh, we have a guest with us as well. So, yeah. You'll have to tune in Monday to find out who. All right. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.